You know, the entire world is subject to mental illness, violent video games, and people filled with hate, unfortunately. What's different is the United States gives easy access to guns. So today we have a very, very special guest on our show. And we feel that this is so necessary. We have talked about the recent mass shootings and how helpless it has made all of us feel. And so we decided to interview Diane Ronaldo, who is a longtime volunteer with Moms Demand Action. Thank you so much for talking with us and taking time for us today, Diane. Thank, Thank you. you for inviting me. We appreciate it. I, I think I speak for Carrie and I um, and our team that's here in the room with us. We just so appreciate you. You know, I know we're all living in a very scary time and... Uh, any guidance or insight or anything you have to offer us is just so welcome. When this company was made Scary Mommy, it didn't mean that we were scared. And unfortunately, today and yesterday, um, these two moms are are quite scared. And so any of your insight on how we can channel kind of this fear into action would be greatly, greatly appreciated. I'm glad to help. Can you tell us a little bit about what Moms Demand Action is? Mm -hmm. Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America was started about five and a half years ago after the massacre at the elementary school in Sandy Hook. Um, a stay-at-home mom at the time, Shannon Watts, uh, decided that we, she could not sit by while these tragedies continued to happen, including the mass shootings and also the everyday shootings that are just growing and continuing to plague our communities. So she went on to social media and she found that there were lots of other women who were in a similar position where they wanted to take action. On a personal level for you, what made you get involved with Moms Demand Action? And and please tell all of us. I mean, I'm looking to get involved, um, and I'm sure Carrie yep. is, and I'm sure there are listeners out there who really want to be a part of this movement. How do we do that? Thank you for asking. Um, I got involved. Uh, my kids got a little older, and I started to have a little bit more time. I, I work full-time outside of the home, so you know we're all tight on time. And I'd always been distraught over the gun violence in this country my whole life. And then after Sandy Hook and crying on my couch, and then several months later, we had the shooting at the Orlando nightclub Pulse. And that was it for me. I could no longer just sit at home or call my you know, own representatives. And so I looked for an organization that would empower me and that would, you know, was effective and evidence-based. I'm a very evidence-based person. And Moms Demand Action, I came across. And they responded quickly. They brought me into the fold. I got involved with my local group. They put me to work on legislative work. Um, and, I, and I ran from there. So my daughter's in college in South Carolina. And they continue to try and pass permitless carry, which means you could take a concealed, loaded handgun into public without any additional training, any additional background wow. check. And groups like ours and law enforcement have fought that year after year and stopped that, that from becoming law. That makes no sense to me why, that, why yeah. anyone would need that. I mean, I know we're, we're all on the same page, and so it's preaching to the choir, but I agree. It blows my mind. Why would you? Yeah. Well, and go into Claire's boutique. Let's bring my gun. Need my gun. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, right. Um, in communities where there's frequent gun violence, whether it's you know on the streets of Brooklyn or Chicago or St. Louis or Philadelphia, there are always local community groups doing 
great work in those communities, sometimes through a church, sometimes just through, you know, groups that have developed because of the gun violence plague, and they would welcome your help. I I just want to say something to our listeners, which is if you've been feeling like I've been feeling, which is just helpless and scared, um, I think getting involved with an organization such as yours is so powerful. I mean, for me, it makes me feel like I have some sense of control. Like my fear is that this is going to happen to somebody that near and dear to me and I will have done nothing. So I that's the way a lot of people feel. And you and the other thing is that when you want to talk to your children, it is very helpful and you have to speak age appropriately. And I'm not an expert on how to talk to them. But evidence does show that if you can tell them that good people are doing good work to make them safer and give them examples or be part of that work that is done, that is healthy for your children, and that will help them be a little bit stronger and withstand the anxiety uh, that this is bringing on our kids. One of the things that we um, talked about in the other episode uh, that we could not believe that we heard was that that there is such thing as a bulletproof backpack now that some school lists when they're like, this is what you need to um, buy for your kids you know, school year, they're including, I mean, bulletproof backpacks. In your opinion, and maybe you can't speak to this, is that a a good thing for kids to know that is out there? Or, I mean, what what is... My first reaction to that is, if that's what we need our kids to have, then we've got a serious problem in this country Mm -hmm. that needs to be addressed to reduce or end the gun violence, not just put our kids in armor. I mean, how can our legislative leaders see that and think that that's an okay thing? I mean, you're... Every parent needs to make their own choice. And I have read interviews with parents who lost a child to gun violence and got their other child that bulletproof backpack. Every parent needs to make their own choice. But for me, I feel like you're sending your kid out with the idea that they need to wear armor. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to know your own children. You have to understand their anxiety levels um, and do what you think is best. But what we focus on is reducing and preventing the gun violence so that we will be able to stop selling bulletproof backpacks to our kids. The fact that that even needed to be invented. I know. Is. I I love that, you know, what you guys do is is really focusing on the legislation. But I, I um, would be remiss if I didn't ask, do you have safety tips for kids? Do you have safety tips for adults? I mean, this is so a part of our everyday existence now of that this is a possibility. Um, so do, do you have anything that you can advise for people? Yes. I do want to remind everybody that school, you know, the CDC found that school-associated homicides actually represent less than 2%. And thank all, God, right? Yes, of all youth homicides in the United States. Now, that's not I'm not saying share that statistic with your kids. This is for us to talk about amongst ourselves. If you live in a state that has a high rate of legal gun ownership, and there are many of these states around the country, your child is actually more at risk of what we would refer to as an accidental shooting 
or unfortunately getting hold of a gun um, and using it for suicide. Nearly 260 children aged 17 and under actually do gain access to a firearm and unintentionally shoot themselves or someone else each year. And nearly 600 more die from suicide by a gun each year. So we have a training program called Be Smart, and there's information up on besmartforkids.org. And we really encourage you, if you are a gun owner, it is your responsibility to safely store your gun from your own children or any other people who may visit your house. Um, we have specifics about storing it. The Be Smart program S, secure all guns in your home and vehicles, model responsible behavior around guns, ask about unsecured guns in other homes, recognize the role of guns in suicide, and tell your peers to be smart. On that, you know, now there's this implementation of, is that a word, implementation? We can make it a word for today. All right. Um, they are implementing there you go. lockdown drills at schools. Most school-aged children are doing this a few times a year, and although Carrie and I both have very young children who are not yet in school, um, I don't, I can't imagine that that's an easy thing to explain to your child. Um, so, so a few questions: Do you think that this actually makes school safer? These these lockdown drills, and is it okay to do that to our children? Yeah, I mean, at least two-thirds of, of schools have participated in lockdown drills, um, and they are at every age. I've even heard of them in, in preschool, and certainly they go through at least high school. To date, there's no evidence that they make the school safer, and there's a lot of different opinions about how they should be carried out. For instance, some security experts believe that really only the adults in the building should be participating in these drills, and that the students can be told more in a verbal manner about what they should do. And why is that? The drills are probably more traumatizing than they are beneficial for the students. If you're on an airplane and they're telling you what to do in the condition of smoke, they don't let off a smoke bomb on the airplane. So a drill is not to traumatize. It's just to provide the right information. And it really does appear that some schools in particular are, are carrying these out in really ill-thought-out manners. I was just going to say I have a, a friend who does not live here in New York who's – I can't remember if her child now is in preschool or kindergarten. But she was watching – observing her child play with another child and the little girl was practicing the lockdown drill that went on school. That was her – Yeah, that was her play. It just devastates me that that, that is what is um, on the top of that child's mind. I think that the school drills is one of the uh, things that's really motivating mothers and fathers uh, to do something. Because that is not that's a positive aspect of it, but <laughs> not correct. the rest of it. Yeah. Do you think that on the verbal level, parents should be discussing with their children um, what a lockdown is and and what they should do from parent to child rather than uh, school administration to child? Do you think that that should be a conversation between parents and children? You know, everything should be age appropriate. And in the past, we would have suggested that a child under eight might not need that conversation or be ready for it yet. Now, unfortunately, those children are 
participating in drills, and they may even be exposed to social media or some other type of media. Still, all of the conversations should be age-appropriate, and you should know what your own child is capable of hearing. Um, I'm not an expert on this. I do recommend that you would look for advice from the National Association of School Psychologists or the American Pediatrics or your own pediatrician. But they do consistently encourage you to talk to your children, as I mentioned earlier, to reassure them that good people are doing smart things to keep them safe, to limit their exposure to news coverage as much as you can, and to know the warning signs of your children for anxiety. And what about the parents? I mean, I can tell, you know, Ashley and I had a conversation last night about the anxiety and, and some of the sleepless nights we've had of as of late. I mean, uh, this, yeah. what do parents do to manage, this, this to manage is, the stress? This has really been affecting me to the point where... I, you know, I'm almost scared to go out in public, uh, and that is a, a true statement. And I'm struggling a little. So what do you recommend to people? You know, they say put your own oxygen mask on first. You must practice self-care. You must find whatever it is for you, whether it's, can I say, a glass of wine? Mm. Or I had like five last night. <laughs> Speaking with your therapist, if that's the path you choose. Um, and arming yourself also with the facts. You know, I live in Manhattan, and it's incredibly safe. Um, so knowing knowing that and then empowering yourself, I would feel more frightened and more concerned if I weren't empowered to try and change things. And again, as I said earlier, you don't have tons of spare time, right? You have very young children, you know, at whatever level that might be. You know, if you sign up with an organization like ours, you will receive our emails and we you might just decide, oh, they're asking me to email my senator. I'm going to do that today. It takes two seconds. That's yeah. right. I would also just like to interrupt just for a second. Um, mental health uh, is one of my de- destigmatizing mental health and having people find a resource for mental health is one of my um, sort of I feel like that's one of my missions. And just for the listeners out there who can't afford um, mental health care, who are having struggle, whether it be over this issue, like Ashley said, or or, or others, any issue, yeah. almost every single teaching hospital in the United States of America has a free, if not five dollar, ten dollar, very minimal pr- um, cost program. Where sometimes it takes a little fishing to find the right number who to call, but you can see. Students in their final year of their doctorate program. They need to get hours, right? Yes, and it's overseen by a very, very senior psychologist or psychiatrist, depending on as the case may be. And you can get free, if not very inexpensive, mental health care on a regular basis. And I can speak from experience in my times when it was very lean financially here in New York City it truly has saved my life. So please do not um, think that you just can't afford it. It is true that when you're not feeling great and you feel overwhelmed, it's sometimes hard to do the digging to find that number. But just know every teaching hospital in the United States has got that program. So please try to find some help if, if you can. There's resources. Yeah. It's very evident that this gun control issue is very much an American issue at this point. Uh, I saw yesterday that a bunch of different countries are issuing travel advisories to their um, to their citizens about coming to the United States, which is 
absolutely horrifying and terrifying and, in my opinion, goes against the very foundation of what America is. Why do you think, what is the Moms Demand Action stance on why it's so hard for America to take control of what is happening here? Well, the gun lobby has been extremely powerful for decades, and they have had the the ear of many politicians through both contributions, financial contributions to their campaigns and through threatening to oppose them if those elected officials uh, fought for any gun sense legislation. So, And they've also spread lies and, and very misleading. Uh, they still do today. So we're really continuing to combat that perception that we're trying to grab everybody's gun or ban all guns. Um, and that's so important to to protect or respect the Second Amendment and be nonpartisan and just speak about these common sense things like expanding background checks, not letting you know unsafe people have uh, guns, closing the boyfriend loophole in our domestic violence bill. Because what is that? So our domestic violence bill at the federal level only uh, addresses spousal of partnerships as opposed to unmarried couples. Wow. So we call it the boyfriend loophole. We have closed it in New York, as have many other states. Doesn't that make common sense, though, to close yeah, that at 100%. the federal level? Right. So when we get out there and we talk about these issues, um, except for the real extremists who are just never going to want to have a conversation, most people say, oh, I'm, I can get behind that. And so it does take time. It takes spreading the message. Um, and we love this opportunity to do so. It really helps me personally to hear you say some of those statistics because I was having this overwhelming feeling like what reality am I? I mean, I still have this feeling, but what reality am I living in? How big is this population that is just supporting guns yeah. across the board? Like how is the country, in my mind, filled with more people who just across the board are like, guns are fine. And, it's not. And that, that makes it's me, not. I mean, in a, in a very small way, that makes me feel much better. Yeah. They have the loud voices, though, the, the across well, the board you folks. know what? The other day at um, some type of rally or, or vigil, perhaps, uh, in Dayton, after that, that horrible shooting this past weekend, the governor was speaking, and the crowd shouted him down mm. by saying, do something. Do something. Do something. And he has now gotten behind, behind expanded background checks. I just saw that. Yep. And red flag bills. And what uh, is a red? Pardon me to interrupt mm-hmm. you. What is a red flag bill? So it's formally known as extreme risk protection order. We passed one in New York and several other states, including Florida, which is not known for strict mm-hmm. gun laws, uh, have also passed it. So what it does it is it puts in place a process by which a a family or a school if they see a red flag that someone poses a danger to themselves or someone else and has access to guns, they can go to the police and it gives the police an, a mechanism to immediately and temporarily confiscate the guns. Mm. And then it allows for a, a process of due process, which of course we all we all believe in. So this is you know getting the hands out of someone who has made a credible threat uh, as the shooter of, of Parkland was known to be... Uh, his he was showing very serious signs. He of said being that a the threat. Dayton shooter also a little bit amongst his. Yes, yeah, yes. What is mom? What is MDA's stance on 
and maybe there isn't one, but what is the stance on assault rifles amongst your group? So Moms Demand Action does support a ban on assault-style rifles. It's very challenging to write it correctly because, unfortunately, the gun manufacturers like to find ways to work around it. What they would have a lot more trouble working around would be a ban on high-capacity magazines, um, such as, again, New York and several other states have put these in place. Those are actually what make the assault-style rifles as lethal as they are. Because, again, it's common sense. Why should someone be able to have a 15 and 30, you know, round magazine? Who needs that? Right. Even if your defense is, I'm going hunting, like, you don't need that. We're not killing 30 animals in a short period of time. That's not happening. We are pro-Second Amendment, as I mentioned. Moms Demand Action is. But it certainly has confused the issue, and many people choose to interpret it to mean that any gun, anywhere, anytime. And so we've now spent, you know, five years for our organization uh, countering that message and saying that there's no reason we can't put reasonable limits in place. Do we all wish we would act as quickly as New Zealand did or Australia did when they banned yep. assault rifles? And they have, you know, fairly strong gun ownership in those countries yeah, as Australia well. Yeah, Australia is kind of like a Western, yes. a Western country. Right. Um, so it is one of those just typically or exclusively American things. I was thinking about this last night as I was trying to put myself to sleep and feel a little bit better. It didn't work, but <laughs> that you get a you you get points on your license for using your cell phone while driving and they can very easily take away your license for all as they should for all sorts of all sorts of issues. And yet there is not the same checks and balances on guns. Correct. It's crazy. What are some signs that moms should look for? If, if, I mean, I don't even know how to say this, but, you know, they always say there were signs that this person had something going on. I mean, what are the signs to look for? What, what can moms in communities, I don't, I don't want it to go to where like moms are just pointing fingers at everybody because they're scared. But what are some of these signs that that to look for before they happen? Again, I'm not in law enforcement. I'm not a psychologist. Um, There would be some very overt, obvious ones where they threatened to do something or if, Again, suicide is probably the highest risk. Mm. So if you have a gun in the home or you have friends or family with guns in the home, in addition to seeking help for your child while they're having those types of thoughts, you absolutely must make sure they have no access. When someone um, attempts suicide by gun, they have a much higher completion rate, unfortunately. And if they're not given that access and they generally can go on to be helped and to get through this 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 and go on to live a long life. So, it, you know, I just recommend uh, from our perspective, it is critical that if you do see signs of depression or self-harm to get them help and make sure they have no access to firearms. On that same on that same topic, what do you think about, you know, so many politicians and people just pinning it just that all of these shooters were mentally ill what I mean how do you feel about about that is that really a problem or is this just a band-aid that were were a band-aid that to make everybody feel better in a way you know I think the shooter in Vegas which is still the largest mass shooting we've ever had I don't believe there are any signs of mental illness in him prior to this um 
You know, the entire world is subject to mental illness, violent video games, and people filled with hate, unfortunately. Uh, what's different is the United States gives easy access to guns. I was going to say that's it's everywhere. Yeah. And I think, right. I think that point that you just said so perfectly sums up everything because that is the thing that ha- – you know, like – it's not like the America men- is the only place right. that has video games or no, mental like health. Not even in the top I know, five right. Right. video and, game consumption. And mental illness, that spectrum is so – I mean – Not you know, everybody's schizophrenic. Not everybody – and even then, it's like – Even schizophrenic right. people, you know, aren't like – Aren't all violent. Aren't Absolutely. Violent, right. There's not a blanket yeah. – And there's hate. There's racism. You know, racism is – I would argue even higher in a lot of other countries. Um, not that that makes it okay, but there is that level of hate. And there's hate. not that mass shooting right. yes. aspect. So yep. there's, there's a single difference here, easy access to guns. Yep. For you, is volunteering something that's really um, helped your sense of helplessness in these situations? Absolutely. Absolutely. Every day we have gun violence in this country and... You know, because I'm involved in the movement, I read about a lot of it, and it can be really hard to bear. And then, of course, when the the mass you know shootings occur, it's painful. It's sad, and sometimes you feel like I haven't done enough. It hasn't happened fast enough. And then you regroup you with your your friends, your fellow volunteers. You get out and rally. It's cathartic. We rallied on Sunday with our our partner group, Gays Against Guns. If you're interested in doing something on legislation, which is my primary focus, um, I think our group is very effective at that. So you could, you know, sign up with MomsDemandAction.org. Our parent organization, by the way, is EveryTown.org. That is uh, a tremendous resource of information if you want to inform yourself. So some other ways to get involved. Let's say you have an hour a week that you're willing to commit to phone banking. doesn't matter if you're nervous on the phone. You'll get used to it. Mm. Um, there's two ways to join what we call the Gun Sense Action Network, GSAN. They have two groups. You can call other members, friendly people who are new members to the movement and tell them how to get involved. Or you can make the policy, the legislative calls. So to sign up for that, you would go to everytown.org slash act and you can could find a way to sign up for the Gun Sense Action Network, as well as other ways to get involved. I wanted to also ask you about uh, donating money, mm-hmm. um, because for a lot of people, they don't have time that they can donate, and it just makes them feel good to donate some some hard-earned cash. Um, where does the money that's donated to Moms Demand Action and every town go? What does that go towards? It goes to a number of different things. Um, we have an annual training conference. We just had almost 2,000 volunteer leaders converge in D.C. Wow. Um, it was the weekend of the two uh, mass shootings. And uh, instead of their celebratory Saturday evening gala, they marched on the White House and the Capitol, by the way. So it goes to that. It goes to our local chapters because sometimes we need to rent space for a meeting. We need to print materials, create banners. Uh, we go up each Each chapter generally has an annual lobbying day at their state capitol. So we rent buses to go up there. We rent a room to organize in and get our materials. So um, it goes to our advocacy work and training. Often our show is very funny. I mean, we definitely deal with hard topics and we definitely deal with educating moms about stuff that's going on via our articles on our site. But um, to be able to take this kind of 
feels like a very um, proactive proactive step is really a great opportunity. So one, before before we thank you profusely, um, is there anything that we haven't asked you that you think is important information or something that you would like to share? Yes. What can people do today? So because of the recent shootings, there is again a, an outcry for legislative action at the state, but specifically at the federal level. And we've seen movement among people who would have opposed gun legislation in the past opening up to considering it. You need to contact your legislators, whether it's your state or your federal, specifically your senators, because the House earlier this year already passed expanded background checks, and they've got a very good red flag bill uh, that they will probably pass when they get back into session. We need the Senate to take up these bills. So I strongly encourage you to reach out to your senators across the country, wherever you live, and ask them to take federal action on expanding background checks, passing red flag bills, and any other gun sense legislation as soon as you can make that outreach. I, I just so appreciate you being here. And I, I just want to um, also tell listeners that if you're scared, you know, you don't just have to sit there in your fear and you don't just have to be worried about your family. You can gain some control in this situation and try to evoke change in the world. And um, that is truly what America is about, isn't it? Yes. And I just want to say you're doing amazing work and yeah. it's truly inspiring. And thank you so much for taking time. Diane came literally with a day's notice. Yeah. So I really appreciate you spending some time to number one, help educate us and our listeners, but also to inspire us to do, to do more because yeah. we can all do more. Thank you so much for the opportunity. <laughs>